Welcome to Trillo Talk. This is a podcast dedicated to topics that we think are important to the profession of medical writing. And our goal is to bring topical issues to the forefront and hopefully spark conversations in the wider domain about these issues. Hello, medical writers. This is Barry Dries from Trilogy Writing and Consulting. And I'm here for another episode of Trilodox, and we're here to talk about style guides. So, style guides, ooh, they have a bad reputation. Most people, when they think of a style guide, think of some dictatorial grade school teacher standing over them with a ruler slapping their wrist anytime <clears throat> they made a mistake. <clears throat> and so I think style guides have kind of a bad reputation, but me, I actually really like style guides. It might seem a little odd considering my Southern California background and my usual love of semi-anarchy. So what exactly are we talking about with style guides and why do I in particular find them extremely valuable for medical writing? Well, that's what we're here to talk about. So let's start. What exactly is a style guide? A style guide is a document it should be a living document because you will want to add to it periodically and change it, which lists rules on how to do all these little grammatical or stylistic things when you write. For example, numbers. Do you use the numeral, the little symbol, or do you write the number out? And if you do some of each, in what situations do you do it? <clears throat> Many people like the rule of writing out numbers less than 10 and using numerals for those above 10. We at Trilogy actually encourage you to use numerals in every case, even starting a sentence, because it just makes it simpler. So, of course, I believe in having rules in the style guide as simple as possible. But the most important thing, whether you use simple or more complex, is that it's very clear to everyone. Other things you might consider <clears throat> is how do you write a range with the word to or with a hyphen? How do you punctuate bulleted lists? What kind of bullets do you use for the first level, for the second level, etc.? What kind of text alignment? How do you do footnotes? Blank spaces after a period or a full stop. Are you a one-fur or a two-fur? Some people like one blank space, other people like two. It is not the aim of this version of this episode of Trilodox to discuss any of these in any great detail. I certainly have my preferences, and my preferences tend to range towards whatever is the simplest and the easiest rule to remember. But the key in a style guide is to have a document, usually within a company, where all these things are listed and that is very easy to access and to search. I hear many stories of companies that have hired people from academia or from places where maybe the doctors are not native speakers, and they say they waste lots of time having people writing documents who aren't sure which way to do it, how to punctuate, how to capitalize, lots of things like that. All of that can be put into a style guide, and this style guide must be made available to everyone and clearly explained where it is and how it works. I worked with a client once and I said, as I always do when I start, do you have a corporate style guide? And they said, oh, yes. 
And they looked around and they found it. They handed it to me with the words, but nobody ever looks at it. Well, that's kind of destroying the whole point of a style guide. <clears throat> and if you're going to have one, you should use it. I don't actually care that much about which rule you choose. I am not one of those medical writers who feels the rules of writing style came with, were an addendum to the Ten Commandments that you don't hear about in the Bible. There were the Ten Commandments, and then there were these 150 other stone tablets with all the grammar uh, rules. What I do care about is having it be consistent. And this is one of the reasons why we need a style guide is for consistency. First of all, as I mentioned previously, sometimes new writers or people new to writing as a profession, previously scientists or medical doctors, will not be sure and will waste a lot of time trying to figure out what they should do. That's certainly one big time saver that you get with a style guide. But here's another one that is very often not really appreciated. If you don't have a style guide, very often documents end up inconsistent. In other words, I've seen this many, many times. One sentence will have two blank spaces after the full stop or period. Another one will have one. The problem with that is in addition to the fact that it looks really sloppy is when people take, come to review the document, they might end up focusing on those things. That is a huge problem because most of the reviewers should be looking at something else. The statistical reviewer should be reviewing the statistics. The safety reviewer should be looking at safety. So if you have people focusing on little silly inconsistencies in style or stylistic elements, you're going to not only waste their time, they may not ever get to the important things. I was once giving a workshop on review processes, and I said you should not be proofreading. You should be reviewing. And someone said, come on, Barry, what's the problem if I point out where a comma is missing? And I said, if you point out one missing comma, you're going to point out 10. And if you point out 10 missing commas, you're going to point out 100. And if you point out 100 missing commas, you're not going to be giving us the safety review comments, which we actually need from you and for which you should be paid. <clears throat> so... Yes, a style guide can go a long way to resolving that because it just forces people to acknowledge this is the way it's done, no more thinking. And it makes them aware that there is a way to do it in case they're just not aware and sometimes have two blank spaces and sometimes one, something like that. <clears throat> so those are the kinds of things and the reasons I think a style guide can be so important. I know Companies, if they're big companies, they will have a corporate style guide. They will have a project style guide, maybe for the development of a single drug. And they will have a even a document style guide. What you need to have in there, of course, is kind of up to you. I taught a workshop years ago on how to make a style guide. And one of the things we did was, I think there were 20 writers in the group I said, I want all of you to make a list of the things that you most often are not sure about in terms of writing. I got all their comments together. I made a <clears throat> list that included everybody's comments. I added a few of my own that I thought were worthwhile. And then I wrote 
the various approaches, things you could do, my personal preference, and then we went and discussed and voted on them. And that way we ended up with a style guide of the things that they thought were particularly important and <clears throat> which their preferences were to avoid where I tried to force my view on various things on a style guide that they didn't want. Obviously, there's some room there. Um, one issue, for example, that I would not bother with in a style guide is whether to say sex or gender. To me, that's not important because you understand what is meant, whether you say sex or gender. I tend to like the things that have a real reason and that can make a difference between understanding the text and not understanding the text. So, for example, <clears throat> if I mentioned uh, ranges, if you use a hyphen, that can be okay, but if you have minus numbers, negative numbers, you might have minus five to minus one, then you get two hyphens next to each other. That can be kind of confusing. So I certainly have my preferences built up over the many, many years I've been a medical writer. And that's not to say that that's the perfect list. And I mentioned at the beginning, you should have a living style guide. That means every six months or a year, you should have someone take a look at it, update it, maybe remove things that are no longer important. Um, and you should probably set up some kind of system to collect comments. People say, oh, you know, I think you should do this differently. Here's something you think you might, we might want to do uh, some other way to take the medical writing. The classic case is Many years ago, they used to write healthy volunteers and diabetic patients, let's say. That's fine, but ICH changed it to healthy subjects and subjects with diabetes because if you say the healthy volunteers are volunteers, it suggests that everybody else is not a volunteer. In other words, we're doing experiments in prisons and things like that in the 1930s. <clears throat> That's not what we want to do. So I totally agreed with the subject change. Fairly recently in the last five to 10 years, they have moved away from subjects because it sounds a bit like prison or concentration camps or something. And now people are recommending participant in a clinical trial. Fine. But that shows you how styles and preferences may change over time. You may or may not want to use that. Um, that's up to you. So, yeah, I really like style guides. Can they be misused? Do people sometimes use them to bully or terrorize people? Sure. I've heard of companies where even one example where they made you take a week of stylistic training to make sure it was beaten into your brain and that you'd never make a mistake. Not totally convinced that's such a good idea. That, to me, is bordering on misuse of style guides. On the other hand, if some writer has been a good medical writer for years and years and years and wants to use a certain style, or in our case, being a CRO, if the corporate style that of a client is somewhat different, I'm happy to use that. I'm not going to fight with them and say, yes, but the trilogy style guide says da 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 It's not there to be used to enforce. It is there to make sure that everybody knows one way of doing things so that there will be consistency. And the real aim is consistency within a document. It's not even that critical across documents. And as I was saying, if you have a writer with many, many years of experience, 
and they insist on doing it a certain way, but they always do it that way and they're totally consistent, then I have no problem with that. To give you an example, it's not really an older, more experienced medical writer, but what, if you ever go from general medical writing to oncology, you will find that the style changes for the abbreviation SD. Many people being standard deviation, <clears throat> but in fact, for um, oncologists, it is stable disease, and you will never get them to change their mind about that, and that's perfectly acceptable. They use it entirely consistently, and if you want to do standard deviation, then you just need to use something else. Again, the point is not, or the point of a style guide is not to give these dictated rules from heaven so that we all must follow a certain way. The point is to ensure consistency to help writers and new writers in particular save time, eliminate confusion, and to help reviewers not get distracted from what they should be doing and picking on little tiny stylistic things, but rather addressing the important specialist functions that they represent. So yes, I am a big fan of style guides. And if you're listening to this and you think, wow, that sounds kind of interesting, then I would encourage you to contact us. And I'm more than happy to help discuss whether you need a workshop to develop your corporate style guide or whether maybe <clears throat> You can do it yourselves. I am not a big fan of just taking one style guide that's out there. For example, the American Medical Association style guide. Some people just say, we're going to use that. That is a big, fat book. It's quite challenging to use it. I'm not a big fan of how it's organized, and it's difficult to search. If that's what you'd like to do, though, better than nothing. At least there is some standard, but I would try to keep it simple. Keep it just for the kind of things that pop up in the writing you do or your group does and use it to avoid inconsistency and confusion. So, yes, the style guide, an absolutely critical part of medical writing and a trilogy. Whenever we start a project with a new client, one of the first things we ask them is, do you have a style guide? If yes, can we see it? I have to say, I am still amazed that over the years, you'd think this is such a sort of retro concept or such a basic concept. There are still many companies that look at me in wonderment and surprise when I ask about this and say, style guide? Mm, I'm not sure. Trust me, if you don't know if you have a style guide, you don't have one. So even if you have some musty thing covered with dust sitting somewhere that nobody looks at, you should consider creating a new style guide to improve your writing, make it more efficient, and eliminate consistency, and improve the review process and make it more valuable. Okay, thank you for joining, and hopefully we'll be hearing from some of you about how to actually create a style guide in your organization, whether you need help or whether you can or whether you just come from an organization that has a style guide that people don't use, highly recommend doing it, doing it now and getting a style guide established. Thank you. So thank you for listening to Trilla Talk today. If you enjoyed it, please come back and listen to us again. If you have feedback on this or any of our sessions, we would love to hear it. 
In addition, if you have ideas for future topics that you'd like us to cover, particularly something you think the community should be talking about, let us know. We would like this to be an ongoing conversation with medical writers at large. And you can send us comments on our Twitter feed or on our LinkedIn page. Just a reminder, you can find all our episodes of the Trilla Talk podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and trilogywriting.com backslash Trillotalk. Have a good rest of your day. Thank you.